chicken. I want the countdown chicken again. Or is that only at Easter? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to SBC. Great to have you here today. Let's stand together. Let's worship the Lord together. He has done great things. Let's sing, church. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at his feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. That's right. He has done great things. Oh, he of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive, break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and delight. Oh Jesus, our Savior, oh name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. He has been faithful. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. That's right. You have done great things. I know. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. You great things. He's our hero. Sing it out. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Oh, 
has done great things, right? And he's still doing them and he's going to keep doing them. And we get to celebrate that this coming week with Thanksgiving. Are you looking forward to Thanksgiving? We are too. Let me just tell you one thing I'm grateful for. The Dutch caramel apple pie from Apple Hill. My mom is bringing that on Thursday. I see God in that pie. I just, I do. God of love, God of all glory, every day I see new mercy. Great, great is your faithfulness. God of love, God of my story, you never fail, you never forsake me. That's right. Great is your faithfulness. I see you in the morning light, see you in the fire by night. Hear you say, child, I am with you. Everything will be alright. See you in the tears that fly. Feel you when the healing comes. Feel you say, beloved one, I am with you. Every moment of my life, I see you. That's right. I see you. I see you. God, I see you. God of love, God of new vision, every blessing you have given. Great is, great is your faithfulness. How great is your faithfulness. I see you in the morning light. I feel you in the fire by night. I hear you say, child, I am with you. Everything will be all right.
morning, everybody. So glad you're with us today. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your presence here. Uh, you know, one of the things that we value as a church is something that we call revival prayer. And uh, what we mean by that, for those of you who maybe that's a new concept to you, we, we believe we believe that God wants to bring spiritual renewal to our lives as individuals. And we believe that God wants to bring revival to our church and other churches like ours. And we believe that God wants to bring something like spiritual awakening to our community and to our nation. We believe that's how God wants to work. And we also believe that God, uh, God, uh, he responds and he works in accordance with how we pray when we are praying in accordance with his will. And so that is something that we do and something that we value as a church. And so on the first Sunday of every month at 630, a number of us like to gather for this purpose because we believe, really believe that what this nation needs more than anything else and what this community needs more than anything else is we need to see something like spiritual renewal. I believe in, I believe all the anger we see in our nation, our community, all the division that we see in our nation. I believe all the anxiety, the fear, the depression, none of this goes away until we seek God and search for him with all of our hearts. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says this. God says this. He says, you will, uh, you, when you, you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart. That's what, that's what God says. And God says this. He says, if my people, if my people, and that would mean us, the people of God, the, the people who follow Jesus. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will hear from, from heaven. I will... Um, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And that's really what we need above all things. And so one of the things that I pray for in our church is, is I've just kind of written out a prayer that incorporates some of the scripture I just shared with you. And right now, I would like to lead us. We do meet for revival prayer on the first Sunday evening of every month. But this morning, I would like to lead us in a time uh, of revival prayer right now. And I just ask you to join with me in prayer, silently in your heart. And the first thing I want you to do is I just want you to ask God, God, search me. 
Search my heart. Search my mind. Search my heart. Search my mind. See if there's anything in me that is distracting me from wholehearted devotion to you. Just ask God to search you. Right now, just silently in your heart, pray to God and just say, God, thank you for showing me this thing or those things. Ask God now to cleanse you. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So right now, just ask God to purify your heart, purify your mind, purify your affections, your your attitudes. God, today we ask you that you would help us to humble ourselves and pray. Help us, God, to seek for you and to search for you with all of our heart. Lord, help us to seek your face, to turn from anything, everything in our lives that distracts us from pure-hearted devotion to you. God, we ask you to forgive our sins, that you would uh, forgive us from anything that has interfered with really pursuing you wholeheartedly. God, we ask you to bring healing to our land, to our community, to our nation. God, we pray, I pray, for spiritual renewal in the life of every single person here. God, I pray that this spiritual renewal will go, go viral. I pray that you would bring revival to our church and churches in our community and around this nation. And God, I pray for spiritual awakening. I pray, God, that you would move in our nation, move in our community, so that people will turn to Jesus and be saved. And I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Gary. Let's stand together in church. And I want us to put our hands together for this one. Like this. Song about unity. About revival. One with the Father, one with the Spirit, one with the Son of God. One with our sister, one with our brother, one family by the blood. Make us one, make us one. Your will, your will be done. One heart, one heart with heaven, one mind connected, one body unified. 
bind us together, now and forever. Jesus, be glorified. Make us one. Make us one. You will. Your will be done. Make us one. Once again, church, make us. Make us one. Make us one. Your will be done. Make us one. And our hope, our hope is you. Show us your ways and guide us. Guide us in truth. All of our days. Our hope Show us your way. Guide us in truth. All of our days. Our hope. Our hope is you. That's right. Sing that again. Our hope. Our hope is you. Lord, we ask you to make us one. Oh, make us one. Make us one. Your will be done. Make us one. Once again, make us one. Make us one. Let your kingdom come. Make us one. Make us. Make us one. Let's pray, church. Father, make us one. Unify us, Lord. Lord, may our hearts beat for what your heart beats for. May we see people through your eyes. May we be passionate about building your kingdom here. May we be passionate about the gospel and about representing you to everyone that we come in contact with. Make us one, Lord. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat, church. Thank you. Well, good morning, and thank you for worshiping with us this morning. My name is Elsa. I'd like to uh, shout out quickly to our Facebook and YouTube viewers. Thank you again for joining us. Um, We really want to connect and grow as a church, and so we encourage everyone, if you are interested in, in the church or wanting to find out more information, you can go to our SVC app. And if you don't have it, you can go to either the um, Google Play Store or the App Store and just download it. It's totally free. And there are lots of different buttons you can select from and push and find out everything you want to know about our church. 
Um, we do have a new series coming up on December 5th. We're going to kick off the series entitled Christmas Story. And who doesn't love a good story? And at Christmas, there are lots of stories that we like to enjoy. And stories have a way of shaping us in good ways when they are great stories. An example of this are all the Christmas passages of the Gospels that have a way of reminding us what is really important in life. And I want to encourage you to join us for all five of the messages, including the one on Christmas Eve and the Sunday after Christmas. So that would be December 26th, and in Canada we call it Boxing Day. So don't forget, just show up on that day. Um, We are excited to be hosting an in-person celebration this year on Christmas Eve right here at 6 p.m. We invite you to join us that night for a special evening of Christmas carols and encouraging readings from the scripture as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We also have a great opportunity this holiday season to love and serve on our community. We are hosting a winter coat drive for the Levin and a canned food drive for the food bank of Contra Costa and Solano. So we have the barrels in the back, and we want to fill them to the brim. So bring any um, non-perishable goods. Just make sure you're not bringing anything that they're requesting, no glass containers, that type of thing. Um, And then we are also looking for coats, and they are either boy or girl, anywhere in ages from 5 to 12 years of age. And we just want to really encourage you to serve our neighbors in need, um, and this is a really practical way of doing that. So there are some flyers on the welcome table when you first came in if you need more information about that. We are now going to turn our focus onto another act of worship in our giving One of the ways that we express our gratitude to God is through our giving. We give because God gave first. And when we do so, we make it possible to show and share the love of Jesus to people in our community and beyond. There are five different ways that we can give. We can either give online at www.solonovalley.org forward slash giving. We can tap give on that SVC phone app that I talked about earlier. We can also send a check physically to our location. It's 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can also just text G-I-V-E to 707-883-3019. And then if you are here in person and would like to place your offering, we do have a mail slot in the back. It's a little silver mail slot on the side wall there that you can just um, put your check in. And we just want to thank you again so much for your generosity. Forward to uh, two weeks from today, we're going to kick off a brand new series called Christmas Stories. We're going to be looking 
at uh, the stories of Christmas found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2, also Luke uh, chapters 1 and 2. Anybody like Christmas stories? I love Christmas stories. I do. I do. I, 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 you know, this year I decided it's okay to start listening to Christmas music in, uh, in November, you know, uh, actually the first week of November. I decided it was okay to do that. And we also decided it was okay to start watching uh, Christmas movies early. So we started watching them uh, on Hallmark in July. So, so anyway, uh, these will not be those Christmas stories, okay? They'll be better Christmas stories. Uh, but, you know, whatever Christmas stories you like to watch, whatever, you know, that's, that's, that's between you and God. Anyway, uh, a week from today, I am looking forward to, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, obviously, this week. I'm looking forward to this whole week. I am. I am so grateful. My daughter Faith is home. She got home about midnight on Friday night. So super excited to have her home. Uh, looking forward. Caleb is not working this week, which is fantastic. It means we get to see him uh, and his uh, his fiance Jessica. They're going to be with his son this week. Uh, Cass, my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, <laughs> she lives with us, and I never see her. Uh, she's like my daughter goes. Okay, actually, all three of my kids go, and uh, but she's going to be around. Her boyfriend's going to be around. We're just looking forward to the whole week. But on next Sunday, we're going to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving as well by looking at a psalm of thanks, uh, Psalm 100. It's a really neat psalm. It's one of my favorite psalms. We're going to be doing that. So uh, today what we want to do is we w- we're going to finish out our series on John uh, by looking at John chapter 17. And we're going to talk about praying like Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bible, I would encourage you to open up to John chapter 17. If you don't, if you have it on your, uh, uh, a lot of us have uh, Bible apps and stuff like that. We can access it on our phone. I encourage you to do that. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the New International Version uh, of John 17. Um, you know, some of you know some of my stories, actually, if you've gone to our church very long, you already know all the interesting stories. I told them a long time ago. Uh, but uh, some of you know some of my stories. And so one story you know about me and prayer and about my first prayer crisis happened when I was 10 years old, which is in 1969. Okay? In 1969, Arkansas used to have really good football teams. Actually, throughout the 60s, they did. They won a national championship. They beat the number one team in the nation like three or four different times. I can't remember. So they were always in that hunt for the national championship. Really, really good teams under Frank Broyles. And so, um, so uh, in 1969, it was December. Uh, it was kind of the close of the regular season of football. Uh, they were calling it the, the great um, uh, the game of the century. That's what they called it. Uh, number one, Texas, University of Texas Longhorns, boo. Number one, University of Texas Longhorns, uh, we beat them three times in the 60s when they were number one. It was great. Then we beat Alabama one time when they were number one. That was great, too. So th- uh, remember, this is ancient history, okay? So um, so that, that weekend, Texas was coming to Fayetteville. Uh, to play the University of Arkansas. Richard Nixon was president. Some of you say boo. Some of you say, well, okay. Anyway, but but Nixon actually flew in to watch the game. He actually flew in to watch it. I remember watching him fly in on Marine One, the helicopter, uh, into Fayetteville, uh, because back then you couldn't land a plane there, uh, at least not Air Force One. And uh, But he flew in. 
And, um, and it was a great game until the fourth quarter. Arkansas was winning 14 to nothing. Uh, Texas scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, won 15 to 14. It was my first crisis in prayer because I said, I, I, I honestly prayed that Arkansas would win and they lost, okay? So sometimes I pray according to God's will. Sometimes I pray according to my will. Uh, obviously, I was praying according to my will that day. Uh, but this is how I pray today. I'm now 62, okay? I'm now 62. Yesterday, Arkansas flew into Tuscaloosa. Yes, they did. They flew into Tuscaloosa to play the University of Alabama. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. And uh, I prayed. This is how I prayed. Uh, I sometimes pray according to God's will. Sometimes I pray according to my will, but I prayed, God, I pray that Arkansas will beat Alabama. I really prayed that. That's according to my will. But then I prayed according to God's will. God, help me to have a good attitude while I watch this game. Faithy, did I have a good attitude while I watched the game? <laughs> right. Okay. There were moments where I had a good attitude, and there were moments with joy and, and faith he could hear me from upstairs, okay, articulating my displeasure uh, a couple different times. So, but I had good reason, all right? Uh, so, so uh, a, a little bit about prayer. Sometimes, sometimes a little bit about prayer. But actually in real life, in real life, uh, recently I've seen a couple of really neat answers in response to prayer where I've seen God move and work in really cool ways, okay? So there's a young woman that Joy and I know who had uh, lost her scholarship for school, not Faithy, okay? But she had lost her scholarship, and it meant that there was a very good chance that she would not be able to continue in school, that she would have to drop out. And so Joy and I began praying for this young woman, and within days we found out that she got her scholarship back. It was super exciting, super exciting. Uh, then uh, we, another person that we love, that we care about, had lost his job. Lost his job. This is a terrible time of year to lose your job. Actually, there's no good time of year to lose your job. Well, it depends upon what your job is, okay? Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he lost his job. Joy and I began praying within days, within days. He got three different job offers. Very cool. He got an offer to go back to his old job with a raise and a bonus. Um, what do you want me to pray for? Okay. Uh, so actually, actually, listen, listen, if you want me to pray for you, I am happy to do it. I pray for you, a, a lot of you, uh, by name and need. Some of you, I just pray God bless them because I don't really know how to pray for you. But like Rudy called me yesterday and asked me to pray for him about some things that are coming up. And there are others of you that I pray because I know what's going on in your life. Uh, and, and, but sometimes I don't know. And, and, and so please always feel free on our phone app. First of all, if we don't know, if, you're, if you haven't signed into our phone app, that's the only way we can really keep up with you, you know. So on the phone app, you can sign into that. But on there, you can tell me if you have a prayer request. And I will pray for you. I will pray for you. So, um, uh, but um, uh, the thing is, in all honesty, my prayer life, uh, in my prayer life, I have had some really, really wonderful moments. I have had moments in prayer when I just felt the nearness of God in a way that I cannot explain. This is fascinating. This week, I was out for a walk, out for a walk, ran into one of my neighbors, former uh, Green Beret, uh, 
was in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia when we weren't in Laos and Cambodia in 67. Uh, and he was, he was the, the very first group of Americans who went into Laos. That was him. Uh, every time he went into Laos, uh, they were in a firefight. Every time, except for one time, one time. And he, 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 he told me, he said, you know, uh, he said, a woman asked us if she could pray for us. And he said, it was, he said, I just, we just, I had the sense that God heard her prayer and that God was around us. It was the only time he flew into Laos, went into Laos, that they, they did not uh, enter into a firefight. There was another group, helicopter landed them a kilometer away, you know, uh, under attack. You know, and he asked me, what, what do you think happened? And I said, you know, I think God was with you. I think God protected you. And, and I believe that God was with you. And to be honest with you, I don't understand. I don't understand how God works sometimes. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why um, two brothers both get prostate cancer. And one gets it, discovers he has it. His brother goes in for a checkup. The first one lives and the second one doesn't. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand why it's sometimes you feel like God is just listening and he is there and he does something that's really spectacular and sometimes he doesn't. He doesn't, I shouldn't say he doesn't, but he doesn't do things according to my will. Let me put it that way. Okay? I'm not talking about football games. I'm talking about things that are really important in life. Really important. Um, My prayer life, I have had some high highs and I have had some very low lows. I have had seasons in my life where I felt like God and I were not on speaking terms. Oh, my goodness. I hate being a pastor. I hate preaching when I feel like my relationship with God is strained. But I have gone through periods of my life that have felt incredibly dark where I have laid on my face on the floor, tried to call out to God, and just felt like my prayers bounced off the ceiling. I I went through a dark time about 20 years ago. And I remember I just finally had to call a friend of mine and just say, bro, I can't pray. Would you pray for me? Another friend of mine, another pastor of another church. I thought about leaving our church and going to his church. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But... Uh, you know, it was a dark time for me. And sometimes that's all we can do is just ask someone else to pray for us because we can't pray for ourselves. Does that make sense? But today what I want to do is I want to talk with you a little bit about praying like Jesus. Uh, because I think that praying like Jesus is so important. And so what I'm going to do is this is a very long text. Uh, It is. It's a very long text. And I know a lot of us don't like being read to long text of Scripture. But I think it's important for you to hear the whole prayer of Jesus. I do. I think you need to hear this. 
And I think that it's very important to us to be shaped by the prayer of Jesus. I think that we need to be shaped by the priorities of Jesus, and we need to be shaped by the prayer of Jesus. And we need to let the way Jesus prays shape the way we pray and shape the way we live. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read a section at a time, and I'm going to probably pause here and there just to give you a little bit of running commentary to make sure you're really with me and really with what Jesus is praying. In John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, the the Bible says this, After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Now remember, remember, John chapter 17 is a continuation of a very long conversation Jesus has been having with his disciples. Okay? It's a long conversation. And here he comes, and now he is still in the presence of his disciples, but he begins to pray with his disciples present. And he says this, he says, Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. Now, what hour? I apologize. I've got to stop before I go any further here. Throughout the Gospel of John, John continually refers to the hour. Over and over and over again, he talks about the hour. In John chapter 2, Jesus tells his mother, my hour has not yet come. And then periodically in the Gospel of John, you'll read something like that that the enemies of Jesus were going to lay hold of him, but they could not because his hour had not come. And now we come to this this, um, climactic point in the Gospel of John. This is climactic. This is where we cannot read the Scripture in yawn. We have to read the Scripture and be filled with a sense of, man, we are treading holy ground. What is the hour? What is the hour? Real quickly, I've got to say this. I've got to say this, and I know many of you know it, but but it's got to be said that the hour that Jesus is looking forward to is the hour of betrayal. That within probably an hour of Jesus saying these words, he will be betrayed by Judas. He will be arrested by his enemies. He will be deserted by all of his friends. And his closest friend, Peter, will deny him. Not one time, but three times. He will be put... Uh, to trial, a mock trial, set up to convict him, not based upon any evidence, but just based upon hatred. Hatred of the religious leaders for Jesus. He will be cursed to his face. He will be spit upon. He will be struck with fist. He will have his clothes ripped off. He will have a crown of thorns uh, pressed on his head. He will have a scourge, a whip, with pieces of leather embedded with pieces of bone and metal and pottery that will rip the flesh off his back. Scourged. That's what they called it. He will be scourged. He will be condemned by an entire nation. 
he will have nails driven through his hands and his feet. He will have everything that I have ever said. Everything I have ever done. Uh, Everything I have ever thought. Every son of mine on him. And every son of yours. This is the hour of Jesus. It is the most important hour of all human history. It is not just an hour of suffering. It is an hour of victory. Because Jesus will be raised again on the third day. He will defeat the power of sin. He will defeat the power of death. He will defeat the evil one, the enemy. He will defeat everything in this world that is opposed to God. He will be raised again. He will appear to his disciples over 40 days with many convincing proofs. And then he will ascend to the right hand of God the Father. And all authority in heaven and on earth will be given to him. By the way, one day he's coming again. It is an hour of suffering that is approaching and it is an hour of great victory. Jesus says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, all humanity. That he might give eternal life to those you have given him. By the way, it's real interesting in the text. Five different times it's going to talk about those who have been given to God the Son by God the Father. Father, the hours come, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you, for you have granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. Eternal life is not just a life of unending duration that begins after we die. Eternal life is a a, a life that's, characterized by eternity that begins after you believe. Eternal life is this. Now, this is eternal life. Verse 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. See, eternal life is knowing God. By the way, the word here for know is used oftentimes to speak of great intimacy, sometimes even sexual intimacy. And what Jesus is talking about here is that we might know God in a way that we know a close friend. That we know our children or that we know our parents. That we know a brother or sister or someone that we love dearly. That they may know you. This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. What is his work? The work of redemption. The work of saving people like you and me. I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Before all of creation. Before all of creation, 
God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was in eternal glory with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. In perfect unity. In eternal glory. Jesus left glory to die for you and me. And he has returned to glory. Seated at the right hand of God the Father with all authority given to him. Verse 6. Jesus prays. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. Jesus isn't claiming anything for his own. He's claiming everything he has comes from God, the Father. Now they know everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. His very teaching was not his own teaching. It was the teaching of God the Father given to him to give to us. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Jesus says this, verse 9, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world. Okay? When he speaks of not praying for the world, he's talking about that part of humanity that is opposed to the work of God. It's similar to what we see in 1 John chapter 2 when the Bible says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And he's talking about that realm of, hum- of, of human existence that's opposed to God. He says, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me, to them, those that you have given me. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them. You need protection. I need protection. And so Jesus prays, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction. That would be Judas. Except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Verse 13. I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they, the disciples, may know, uh, may have the full measure of my joy within them. So what he's praying on their behalf and what he's wanting for them is to know the fullness of his joy. I have given them your word. The the world has hated them, for they are not uh, of the world any more than I am not of the world. Real interesting, real pause, uh, quick pause, probably, you know, it's a rabbit trail, that's okay. Uh, I like rabbit trails, you know, sometimes. So, um, and I might not like this one after I share it, but I'd like it right now, so I'll share it with you. Um, Jesus talks about here, I've given them your word, word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Uh, If you don't like this, uh, blame Francis Chan. I got it from him, okay? If you like it, just consider it some insight. Okay, Uh, but Francis Chan likes to say this. Sometimes the world hates Christians because they're like Jesus. 
But sometimes the world hates Christians because they're nothing like Jesus. Sometimes Christians can be very, very self-righteous and legalistic. And they're all about receiving grace from God, but they're not about showing grace to others. If we're hated by the world, let's make sure we're hated because we are like Jesus. Okay? My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. The first priority of Jesus is not that we escape suffering. By the way, if our first priority is is to escape suffering, why would we follow a man who goes to the Christ, who suffer, or who goes to the cross and suffers immensely? Why follow a man like that if your first priority is to avoid suffering? Um, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. By the way, every one of these men who are listening to this message by Jesus and listening to this prayer by Jesus, every one of them except for one, will die the the death of a martyr. They will, Thomas will be, according to tradition, was shot through by arrows. James was beheaded. Um, Paul was crucified upside down. Uh, Every one of them died an agonizing death while professing that they believed in Jesus. The only one who did not die the death of a martyr was John, the one who wrote this text. And uh, he outlived them all. And uh, he was boiled in oil, and then he was exiled to the island of Patmos. He didn't die by martyrdom, but he suffered immensely. Jesus says, they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. By the way, that's what God wants for you and me. He wants to sanctify us. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be holy. Not holier than thou, but holy. Holy, devoted to him. He wants us to be sanctified, meaning that we are more like Jesus in the way we think. We are more like Jesus in our affections. We are more like Jesus in our attitudes. We are more like Jesus in our actions. That's what he's saying here. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word, this word, the scriptures, is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. By the way, you are a missionary. You do not support missionaries by your giving. You may do that, and that's fine. That's good. But you are a missionary, and you are on mission wherever you live, and you are on mission with every single person that your life comes in contact with. Uh, We have been sent by Jesus. Jesus said, go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Uh, That wasn't just for the disciples. That wasn't just for pastors. That's for every one of us. You and I, we are on missions, uh, on a mission. As you sent me into the... By the way, missions is not something that we do overseas. Missions is something we do right here. Right here. This is our mission field. It is a very important mission field. By the way... Well, I'm not going to get into that just yet, but I just... I've got to tell you this sometime. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Listen to those words. Did you hear what Jesus said? Who's Jesus praying for? That's right, Noreen. That's right. Or Sandy, whoever said that. You got mask on your face. I can't tell. He, he prayed for you and me. 
He said he, he wasn't just praying for the disciples. He says, uh, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Every single person, every generation follower of Jesus who came after the writing of the New Testament have come to know Jesus through the message of the disciples. I believe, I believe that on that night when Jesus said, I pray for them, I believe your face came to his mind. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, how could billions of faces come to the mind of Jesus? Jesus was fully man, but he is also fully God. You know, for me, I have a limited capacity of love. I have a limited capacity of attention. Just ask any of my elementary school teachers. Uh, I got a lot of paddlings, okay? That's, that's all I'm going to tell you. Um, did someone say amen? <laughs> I probably need one now. Anyway... You know, um, I believe that Jesus was thinking about you, every single one of us, when he whispered these words. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that they may, all of them, may be one. You hear that? That they may be one. You know what's most important to Jesus? Our unity. It is. You know, in this world, there is a lot of division. In this world, there's a lot of anger. In this world, there's a lot of hatred. In this world, there's a lot of tribalism. That's what sociologists call it. There's a lot of tribalism. If you're not with me, you are against me. Well, here's the thing. is That's okay for the world. That is not okay for you or me as a Christian. That's not. That what God wants us to do is he wants us to love others. Even when they disagree with us. Maybe especially when they disagree with us. He wants us to love people who are very, you know, it's so easy for us to divide over so many things. We'll divide over things like socioeconomic status. We'll divide over education. We'll divide over politics. We'll divide by races. We'll divide by so many different things. And what Jesus prayed for was our unity. I pray that they will uh, be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be one in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them in in you and me, so that they may be brought to complete or perfect unity. Then the world will know you sent me and have loved me even as you loved him. Them. Here, here's the thing. This is what you need to understand and what I need to understand. It's that in our unity, we have a much more powerful uh, testimony for Jesus. We have a much more powerful gospel witness when we come together as one. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved, loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. Though they know, uh, excuse me, I've got to say this over again. 
The NIV kind of translates this a little bit awkwardly. I don't have an ESV Bible with me or a New American Standard. I like the way they translate it better. But uh, righteous father, um, through, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me will be in them and that I myself may be in them. All right, real quick, real quick. Um, um, I'm on the wrong page. There we go. Got to figure out where I'm at. Uh, You know, in this prayer, we see Jesus praying for himself. We see Jesus praying for his disciples. We see Jesus praying for us. The prayer, 630 words, 630 words. It is the longest prayer by Jesus anywhere uh, in the scriptures. Uh, In this prayer, I think we see something about God's priority for you and me, that we would be sanctified, that we would be one, that we would be protected. Uh, We see something about God's priorities for you and me, his desire for you and me. But I also think we see something about how we're supposed to be praying. And so what I want to do is share with you very, very quickly four, uh, four life points, application points of how God wants us to live and how God wants us to pray. I think that God wants us to pray Christ-like prayers, okay? Uh, he wants us to pray Christ-like prayers. So four, just four quick thoughts that come from the Scriptures. Number one. Uh, Christ-like prayer seeks the glory of God. The very first thing that Jesus prays for, he says, Father, the hours come, glorify your Son. Why? That your Son may glorify you. Is that, that, that Jesus is not seeking glory for himself in a selfish way. Jesus is seeking glory for himself in a selfless way, that he might bring glory to the Father. See, the glory he seeks for him for himself is not a, uh, it's not a glory of a life of no suffering. It is a glory that comes through sacrifice, that comes through suffering, that comes through um, uh, putting the glory of God above his own personal comfort. That, that Christ-like prayer seeks the glory of God. Jesus prayed that he would be glorified and that the Father would be glorified in him. Secondly, Christ-like prayer seeks protection for God's people. Okay, in verse 11, we see it. Um, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, so that the name you gave me, uh, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And so what he prays here is he prays, uh, he prays uh, for the protection of his people, that we might be one as he and the Father are one. Uh, Jesus didn't pray for God to take us out of the world, but that the, he, he would protect us from the evil one. Okay? So we need to pray for protection. Very, very interesting. It's very hard for me to watch my youngest daughter drive from Los Angeles <laughs> to Fairfield. And I was watching on the little map. <laughs> Not the whole time, but periodically. I was looking to see where she's at, where she's at. Why is she still at that stop? I got anxious when she stopped for dinner. I got anxious when she stopped for dinner. And I called her, didn't I? Uh, you know, but I prayed, for, I prayed for Cass. I prayed that God would protect her from the evil one, from every kind of evil. By the way, I prayed that for my family all the time. By the way, I prayed that for you all the time. 
I prayed for your protection. Sometimes I pray for my protection. Very fascinating. I was working on this message, and uh, I've been reflecting, meditating on this text all week long. Uh, And I've been thinking about it. And last night, after I'd spent some time uh, just working on my message and going through it again, I just spent some time really praying. And, uh, And then I set everything aside, and I went to bed. And for about 30 minutes, it was like I felt like this... I'm not trying to get all crazy weird on you here. I'm, I'm just crazy weird because I'm from Arkansas, okay? Um, but, but it was like, I just felt like my heart was being hijacked. Just like my heart was being hijacked. I felt like I was being attacked by the enemy. And I thought, oh my goodness, I need to pray for my protection. And so I just prayed. And this was not a 30-second prayer. This was a 30-minute prayer. And I fell asleep. But, but, but we need to pray for our own protection. But the protection, by the way, when we're talking about praying for protection of God's people, we're not just saying our family, but we're talking about our church. Because our church is our family. It is our spiritual family. Okay? The Christ-like prayer seeks protection for God's people. Number three, Christ-like prayer asks God to sanctify, which means to set apart, make holy his people by the truth of his word. It me- to be sanctified doesn't mean being holier than thou. It means being wholly devoted to Jesus. That being sanctified or holy or set apart means becoming more like Jesus, the Jesus we fall in love with when we read through the Gospels. The Jesus that shows kindness to the woman who's caught in adultery. The Jesus who reaches out and touches a leper when he asks to be healed. That we become more like Jesus in our thinking, in our affections, our attitudes, our actions. But Christ-like prayer asks God to sanctify, set apart, make holy his people by the truth of his word. Uh, In verses... I'm not going to read the whole thing. But 16 through 19, uh, it says, uh, Jesus says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. This is how Jesus prayed for us. And this is how we are supposed to be praying for one another. Finally, Christ-like prayer seeks to promote the unity of God's people and gospel expansion in our world. That, that it, it prays for our unity. My prayer, verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, verse 21, that all of them may be one. See, that's what Jesus prayed for, that we would be one, that we would be united. That they may be one, even as... Uh, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. So that the world, see this, so that the world may believe you have sent me. See, our unity is so important because the whole world, the whole world is, it's, The whole world is at stake. This is how the world will see 
that Jesus is the sent one from God the Father. Uh, by the way, uh, the best apologetic, I know some of us like apologetics. I've read a few books on it. I have read a lot of books on it. I've gotten where I, I, don't, I, I haven't read as much, but I'm starting to read more just because of some contemporary issues in our world. But let me tell you, the most powerful apologetic that we can give to people, a defense of the Christian faith, is our unity. Did you know that? It's not our arguments. <laughs> Oftentimes our arguments are just flows out of our divisions. But it's not our brilliant arguments about the existence of God. Uh, what they want to see is they want to see the evidence of God in you and me. They want to see this incredible unity that makes them say, you know what? That group of people are so not like what I'm reading about every time I look at my favorite news feed, whether it's CNN, Fox News, or whatever it is. This group of people are different. And the only explanation is Jesus. I don't know if I believe in him, but I can't deny what I see in this group of people. You want to give people a really good reason to pause and believe in God? Then we need to pray for and pursue unity. That's how people will see that God the Father has sent God the Son. Um, I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come on up. I'm going to, um, I'm going to end this one. Uh, some of you are saying, finally. <laughs> you know... Um, I don't always pray according to God's will. Uh, I try to. Um, But, you know, learning to pray like Jesus can revolutionize our our lives. It can. Uh, Christ-like prayer seeks the glory of God. Christ-like prayer seeks protection for God's people. Christ-like prayer asks God to sanctify his people with the truth of his word. Christ-like prayer seeks to promote the unity of God's people and gospel expansion in our world. Let's pray. God, you are great and awesome. You are good. Uh, Father, we are so grateful that you sent your son uh, to come to this planet for us. Lord Jesus Christ, we are so grateful that you were willing to leave the glory of heaven to embrace an existence on this planet of a little over 30 years that you were willing to go to the cross for my sin and the sins of so many others. We we thank you for doing that. Uh, God, today we want to pray the prayer of Jesus. We pray, God, that you would be glorified through us. Be glorified through us, Lord. God, we pray that you would protect us from the evil one and from the evil influences of a world that's at war with you. We pray, God, that you would sanctify us by the truth of your word. And, God, we pray that we will be uh, united, one, like you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are one, perfectly one. That we will be one in you so that the whole world will know that you sent Jesus to die for them. We pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. Let's stand, church. Let's worship our amazing God one more time together.
with the Father, one with the Spirit, one with the Son of God. One with our sister, one with our brother, one family by the blood. Make us one. Make us one. Your will be done. Make us one. One heart, one heart with heaven, one mind connected, one body unified. Find us together, now and forever, Jesus be glorified. Make us one, make us one. Your will be done. Make us one. Once again, church. Make us one. Make us one. Your will be done. Make us one. Our hope. Yes, it is. Show us your ways. Guide us, God. Guide us in truth. All of our days, our hope is you. Show us. Show us your ways. Guide us in truth. Our hope is you. Yes, it is. Sing that again. Our hope. Our hope is you. Make us one. Make us one. Let your kingdom come. Make us one. Oh, make us one. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. So grateful you were with us today. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time.